Welcome listeners to episode 12 of the Running Guy podcast, where I aim to provide informative content and interviews with elite athletes from around the world, like in today's episode when I'm chatting to a stalwart runner of distance running who's had a very lengthy and successful career over varying distances and also in the sport of triathlon. Welcome to the Running Guy podcast, Magnus Mickelson. Hey, How's going? it going? Yeah, good, good. Great to catch up. Finally. <laughs> Definitely, mate. No, it's all good. You're a busy man. Um, look, um, you've just come off uh, fresh pacing duties down the Melbourne Marathon. How'd that work out for you? Yeah, pretty pretty well. Um, uh, there was a guy um, uh, late last year. I kept he, oh, actually two years ago. He did the Melbourne Marathon in three forty six, and um, and we do like a at one of the workplaces I work at. We do like a corporate try and. Um, I, um, all late last year, I was saying, just, just come down to training, just come down to training. He goes, no, no, I want to get get in shape first, get in shape first. And then finally turned up in about um, January this year and um, started training with us. And then he did pretty well, the corporate try about, I don't know, 10 weeks later, whatever it was. And then he said to me, I wanted, he wanted to do a half Ironman. So six weeks later, he did that as well. And then he entered, uh, he entered Melbourne Marathon about, about six months ago, I guess. Um, and I thought he might get under three hours, but no, nah, we didn't quite get there. But that, that was all right. So it was a it was a forty minute PB for him, okay. but um, okay. it was good. It was good. He's been short of training with us what uh, I guess eight or nine months now, which has been nice. Fantastic. Fantastic. So you're just sitting in there with a three hour pace group, or just running by yourselves, or yeah, just running by ourselves. We weren't. I wasn't really sure how how he'd go, and and um, I, I was hoping that he'd be around two fifty five. So I did, we 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 kind of ran on our own, which is great. Um, and that way, you know, it was easy to get drinks and stuff as well. Um, you didn't have to worry about, you know, uh, you, you sort of getting tangled up in, in big bunches or anything. So that was good. Yeah, for sure. Got to sure. enjoy it. Yeah, the conditions were pretty good, I believe. Oh, the conditions are fantastic. Yeah, no, it was, um, it was very good. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, I see Sean Crichton. You would have seen he picked up that mile 50 record finally, 229. It was a good effort. It was a very good effort. It was funny because I was, I was sort of keen to have a crack at it myself. Um, earlier this year, and then, um, and then what would have been? Uh, I guess about, oh, about 12, 13 weeks out, I broke a toe. Oh, okay. Uh, I whacked upside the bed, and it was um, uh, a sort of in the shoe for three or four weeks, and then uh, one of the physios said you need to put that in a boot. So another four weeks in the boot. So I kind of started running, I guess four and a half weeks out from Melbourne. So there was never, there was never any thought after that that I might have a crack at it myself. Yeah, sure. Um, Okay. Yeah, it was it was great to see Sean get it. Yeah, that's okay. Oh, I'll keep Sean nervous, knowing that you're possibly <laughs> going to have a crack at it. <laughs> uh, I, I told him at the expo because I was I was working at the expo for the three days before the race. So um, he stopped by and bought some bought some nutrition off me and um, and we had a bit of a chat. And I, I I kind of told him that I would have been keen if I wasn't uh, if I hadn't been so injured. Sure. Um, sure. But yeah, no, it was it was good. Yeah, you yeah, did well. So so what are you doing for a living these days? Okay, so. Um, Pretty much since about ninety, about ninety five, ninety six, I've been, I've been, uh, write, I write software. Basically, I write different computer programs, different platforms, different, um, yeah, different, different languages. Depends on what people need. Um, so uh, I've been doing that sort of for different comp, uh, like at, at full time at companies, and then around, uh, I think it was about two thousand one, two thousand two, I went out on my own and sort of just do it. Um, uh, just for myself, and then sort of companies get me in there as a consultant, and I and I and I do a bit of contracting for them. Okay. Um, so I do that uh, kind of uh, four days a week: Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. Um, sometimes on Wednesday as well. Um, just depends how busy the week is. And then the other days I, I sell thirty uh, two GI, which is a, a product I, I used to bring home in my luggage from uh, South Africa. 
Okay. Right, yeah. So that's, um, yeah, that's obviously sports nutrition um, to yep. take in. Okay, right, yeah. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Very so right that, that, yeah, it was just a, I, I uh, used to put in my luggage. I'd go over to South Africa, go to the expo there at Comrades, yep. pick up a tub or two, put in my luggage. Um, a year later, I'd go back again and get it again. And then one year, um, one year, my wife said to me, "No, you're not going this year." And I had to get one of the other Aussies, um, digger from Queensland, to go pick me up some. Um, it was probably about oh six or seven years ago, I guess, when okay. he couldn't really get it in Australia. Um, he had to he had to bring back a, a tub for me, and uh, um, I, I gave him some money, so that worked out pretty well. Um, which is good, yeah. So I got some that year, and then nowadays I have so much, it's, uh, <laughs> it's stacked to the ceilings. Okay, right, yeah, excellent. I'll That'd have to check it out. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yep. So you were born in Stockholm, Sweden. How old were yep. you when you uh, relocated over to Australia? Oh, I came over when I was uh, five and a half, I think. Okay. Um, Dad was a Dad was a runner. Um, he'd sort of done different sports, and, and he, he probably probably his best event, well, his best sport he did was was running um and so kind of followed him a little bit um he ran at uh, he met a guy at work um where he was working that ran for collingwood harris um and so uh so he joined up there and then i remember joining up there maybe oh, i reckon 15 16 i ran a, maybe a junior season for them and then started running again for them when i was about 18 or 19 i guess um yeah Okay. So that's sort of that's how I got involved with Collingwood. Yeah. Okay. Do you have any memory of Sweden? I mean, five and a half a bit a bit hard to remember, or? Yeah. No, I do. I do. I, I you know I loved uh, I loved picking berries and stuff because mm. they sort of grow wild. Blueberries and raspberries all grow wild, and and um, we went back uh, World Champs two thousand one. Um, we uh, were we were able to organise uh, to fly back through Sweden on the way home, so that was fantastic to catch up with. Relatives, I hadn't seen them for, or as far from the ones that had come out here, I hadn't seen most of them for sort of 15 years or something. Yeah. Um, hadn't seen any of the places, but yeah, no, it was um, it was cool. Pretty go, pretty much going back there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. Um, look, I might take the listeners through the uh, oh, the rough journey of your athletic career. Yeah. Um, and I'll probably miss a lot of it because there is a lot there. So, uh, um, yeah, just uh, fill in any blanks. For me at any time, Magnus. No um, now, a couple of that I've found here that are pretty interesting. You ran a marathon in 1985 when you're only 17, and it says that's that you correct. ran that in two hours 40. Is that that is correct. That's so, a um, good effort, mate. Yeah. So, so I'd, I'd run. I think I'd run a half or two, and um, I said to my dad, uh, oh, it must have been just for Christmas, um, just after I turned 17. Um, yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, so I, I was well, 16, 17 I was when I, when I said that I want, I want to run a marathon. And um, so I said, all right, well, you know, and, and made sure that I did the right training and everything. And um, I remember Queensland, we were, we were on holidays and we'd run long runs up and back in the heat. And it was it was good. It was it was great. Um, and, and it was probably, um, you know, it went well. Um, I, 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 um, I, I hadn't really run any sort of more than sort of 30, 32K before the race. Yep. Um, and my first my first 32K down at Williamstown uh, went really well. Um, I just sort of sat with the leaders. I think I was about third or so. Um, we were running uh, about 35 minutes every 10K. So I remember going through 10K in 35, 20 in 70, um, 30K in one, um, 145. And... Pretty much about 31, 32, I dropped off the pack and 
or you know it was really hard work uh, i'd never run that far before and it was it was tough that last that last 12k was really hard um i think i ran the next 10 in about 40 maybe 41 cat 41 minutes and then the last 2.2 from memory i ran about 10 maybe a bit over 10 and i do remember dad was catching me really quick okay um yeah. he was he was a bit behind me but i think he ended up I think he ended up running at 2:41. Mate, uh, he was about a minute behind me in the end. He couldn't quite see me, yeah. uh, but he was catching me really quick. So I was uh, I was able to hold him off, which was yeah. nice. Yep. Yeah, um, but that was my first marathon. And then, and then obviously from there I went into triathlons. Um, did a few things there. Um, yep. And then, and then uh, when they announced the Olympics, I thought, well, hang on, I'm really struggling to make the Australian team in this triathlon team. Let's uh, let's give the marathon another show. Um, and and sort of yeah, that's sort of how that went. Yeah, um, I'll touch on that, but um, I'm just yep. out of interest. How, what was your father's PB for, for the marathon? Uh, Dad ran at 2.32. Okay, yeah. Um, he ran top 20 in Melbourne Marathon a number of times. Mm. Um, we never, it was never seeded. Like, it was always, he was always sort of had to fight his way through and, 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 and did pretty well. He, um, he made, um, back then they had a Victorian championships about seven, seven or eight weeks before the Australian championships. And he, um, he ended up being selected as first or second emergency. Uh, went to Sydney to race the Australian titles. Um, and I think he was about fourth, fifth Victorian home. Okay. Um, yep. So that was really good. Like, like they had, had a six-man team and he was about seventh or eighth in the trial and then finished about, I think it was about fifth, uh, the Australian title, the Victorians. Yep. I don't know how he finished overall. Yep. Um, I think he ran about a 233, 34. Mm. Um he also probably best shape he was in um, was near the end of one of his last sort of towards the end of his Melbournes. Um, he was training really well, and we'd go swimming at Craigieburn and the pool there, and he'd go running around the streets. Um, and and taper week, I think it was a Tuesday, he went out running, and um, one of the cars came out of the driveway and ran him over. Mm. Um, and so he was he was like he was black and blue down one side. Yeah. Um, turned up. Uh, ran Melbourne. We, we sort of watched on TV, and he ran at 2:40. And I reckon that was probably the, the week he could have broken 2:30. Okay. Um, he was in really good shape, and I thought, yep. you know, but you know, that's the way it goes, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I guess we should mention his name. Oh, Life. Life. Life's my dad's name. Yeah. There we go. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, no, he did well. Um, yeah. So triathlon. I've got here in 1988. So you would have been, if you were 1785, you would have been say 20, depending on when you were born. Yep. You went yep. over to compete in the uh, Triathlon World Ironman Championships in Kona, in Hawaii. Yes. In that, yep. Yeah, those hot lava fields, mate. Um, so you finished 87th, the, the, the youngest competitor to finish there in the top 100. I mean... Um, that's right. Yep. So that's pretty pretty solid to head over there. It's, that's such a young age. Had you done... I mean, I guess to get to the world, you would have had to done a qualifying Ironman, probably up yes. there in Foster, yep. was it, or in those days? Yeah, up in Foster. I yep. um I went to Foster uh, at the start of the year, so I was I was nineteen when I qualified. Yep. Um, and um, I I remember the night before the Ironman, I'd, I'd run a marathon the year or two before, and um, and uh, I remember just all night being so nervous, I couldn't sleep. You know, like I was, I, I thought about how hard that marathon had been, mm. and I thought to myself, geez, I've got to swim, you know, three point eight k, ride one hundred and eighty, and and run a marathon, and that was really scary. I remember, I remember lying, like lying in bed till about four, four thirty in the morning. Mm. Or maybe, yeah, and I had, to, yeah, I had to get up at five to get to the race. Uh, so I had all, all of I reckon twenty minutes sleep. Um, 
And, um, I mean, the race went pretty well. Um, I, uh, I, um, I swam well. Um, a few people passed me on the bike. And then into the run, I was leading the juniors early on. And I remember about 13K, I thought, this is pretty hard. And I, I had to lie down on this stretcher. Mm. And I remember that these guys just feeding me all this food and trying to get me going again. And um, and I got back up again and walked probably, I reckon the next 15k, just trying to get myself back in shape. It was a real, it was a real struggle. And then the last 13, 14k, I, you know, I obviously came good. Past, I, I, I dropped back to about fourth or fifth junior. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, um, how, how do you actually past, know where you are positioned as a junior? Oh, at the time, there was time a few people told me. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah. I kind of, and I, and the thing was, there was an under twenty age group, so all the guys in that under twenty age group were well known. All the good ones, anyway, I knew them pretty well. Okay. Yeah. Because um, they were all basically, you know, top three in their age groups at around the state titles. Yeah. Um. So I knew them. You know, there was there was you know, five or six guys that that um, probably could have qualified in other age group, but because it was such a small age group, it was it was a pretty tough age group to qualify in. Um, and so I kind of knew knew them. Um, saw them go past me and, and then and then passed them all back. Uh, end up winning, winning the I had the the junior section at Foster. Um, yep. I only did a, uh, it was a ten nineteen. Um, and so so Hawaii nine forty two was uh, six months or whatever later, and um, that was obviously my PB for a while. Yeah, yep, sure, sure. And have you been back since then to do Hawaii? Yes. So so on my fiftieth birthday, oh. So on my 50th birthday, I decided to go back. So as a 49-year-old, I, I went to Busso, um, what is it, a year and a half ago now, and um, almost two years ago now, and decided I'd, I'd, I'd go back and qualify. So I qualified there uh, and then went back to Kona last year. Okay. Right, yeah. I, th- uh, I think in my first – you know, when you always says 87th, does it say where I finished in the 18 to 24s at all? No, the, no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Um, I think when I was 87th, I was about 7th or 8th. In the eighteen to twenty fours, mm. um, and in the uh, in the fifty plus this time, I I missed the podium by four minutes, and I was again about seventh or eighth. Okay. Um, so yeah, so that was that was that was pretty good. So similar result, I guess. Yeah, yeah, and you got those cream conditions last year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that was the part. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's that's fantastic. How does your body handle the heat? Are you one of those guys that does reasonably well with the heat? Well, we're not we're not testing on me. Um, they found that I take a little bit longer than the other guys to acclimatise. Okay. Um, but when I do acclimatise, I, I acclimatise uh, really well. Yep. Um, this was testing. Well, mind you, that was that was probably 25 years ago when they did that testing on me. So it might mm. be different nowadays. But generally, if I if I, I've had some really good races in the heat, but obviously, like everyone, you know, the heat can get you some days, and there's not much you can do about it. So there's been some disasters as well, I guess. Sure. Yep. So you obviously made your way up. To, I mean, I was actually doing triathlons late 80s, early 90s, and uh, I remember yep. you coming along and you have actually ran past me a few times in, in races. Um, and obviously, you know, you were renowned for, for your running ability um, off the bike. Obviously, you were strong in the other two as well. Um, how, how long did you actually do um, that triathlon for? I think you mentioned that year 2000 came around and you thought maybe you'd try to qualify for the Olympics. Is that, was that the decision to move away from the triathlon? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I don't remember what day they announced that Sydney was going to be the Olympics. Um, Hmm. it was about 90, it feels like it was about 94, 95, 94, maybe. It was early. Yeah. 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 It was, 
it was 90-something, and, and I sort of spent the next sort of week or two, like, how, how can I, you know, in seven or eight years' time, how can I make the team? Mm. Um, and that's pretty much when um, when I decided I, I'd give Marathon a go. Mm. Um, so I um, – oh, it must have been 94 because the next the – next quali- because what I looked at is, well, what's the next um, qualifying race for someone to qualify for the Australian team? And I remember it being Canberra Marathon um, – in 95 so it must have been it must have been 94 that they announced it okay um and i i, I uh yeah so i, I there was having said that there was a bit of a time when i did a, do a couple of tries afterwards because um i was working in adelaide and um i did a bit of a comeback um because one of the some of the guys i was working with were triathletes and i thought I'll, I'll i'll give it another shot um tried to qualify for the uh, the two blue on tv uh, I did pretty well in the three races, but I got a letter in the mail to say no, we don't want you. So I just I gave that up and and um, and focused on on Canberra and and uh, and then Gold Coast after that. Okay, yep. yep. And um, Robbo, Peter Robertson, he's your brother-in-law, apparently. I yep. read. Yeah, Peter yeah. Robertson is my brother-in-law. Yeah, yeah, yeah. triple <laughs> yes, yes. triple world champion. So yeah, yeah, yes. So yep. he's um, yep. No, I was going to say I, I remember. I mean he. He came along, you know, guys like, you know, Welsh and Bevan and Miles Stewart were running quick off the bike and then Robbo came along and suddenly we had someone else that could run or outrun them. So, yeah, it was great to have him. Yeah. Yep. So, so Pete came along as a 16-year-old, I think, to my yes. squad. At, so, I was coaching at Monash Tri Club um, in the early, late 80s, early 90s. Yep. Um, had a pretty big squad there. Um, probably till, pretty much till I got a full-time job. I was working there probably about four years, five years maybe. Um, so Pete came along as a 16-year-old, um, was uh, – uh, it was he could run a bit um, for a young guy, um, um, but he did struggle a lot in the pool and um, on the bike. Uh, we went down – he'd probably training with us for about three months. We went down to a, one of those uh, Wheat Mix triathons mm. down, at, uh, down at Williamstown it was, and it was 107 – kids in the under 16 or under 17 that he was in and he was uh out of the water about he was third last out of the water um and then he rode into about 40th place i'd say about mm. 40 42nd place and then he ran himself into uh 20th um and 20th you know it's respectable um but when you look at it like it was a 40 minute race and the guys that were winning it were probably beating him by about good a good seven or eight minutes um, okay. Guys like I don't know if you know Troy McKenna, yep. um, Martin Toomey, um, they kind of went on to do other things in triathlon a bit later. Sure, um, but obviously not as good as Pete. No, um, and and I remember walking back and, and Mr. Robertson saying to me, you know, you know, I, I used to take him swimming, you know, but he really and I, I said to him, look, don't worry, you know, he, he at training he's this sort of, sort of kid that, you know, you, you tell him something, you don't have to tell him twice. He was doing exactly what you said. He um he was always there learning. He was um, you know you know. And if you said do this, don't do that, he 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 did exactly exactly that. He was there every session, and so you could see there was going to be massive improvements in him. But you never really know, you never you never really know how much you're going to get. Um, and so he just um, so Martin who who also trained with my our squad. Um, I remember I remember Martin leaving our squad maybe six months later or so. And then, and then, and then Pete come up to him saying, "I want to beat Martin one day." And, and I said to him, "Look, you'll beat Martin in a couple of years' time. Don't worry about it." And 
and um, and it only took him. It only took him twelve months later, and then he was beating Martin, and he was beaten. Then obviously went on to to win um, a number of races and a number of world titles after that, um, which was which was uh, you know it, it's it's amazing now when you look back at it, really. Yeah, no, very successful. Oh, he always had a big smile on his face, and he always came across a bit of a larrikin. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> That's awesome. Now, is is that your wife Susan's brother, or is that? Yes, that's that's Susan's brother. That's oh, right. Okay, right. Yeah, and she was obviously yeah. um pretty accomplished Australian elite runner herself. Um, she's yep. got a pretty big range there from the fifteen hundred all the way up to the marathon. Um, yes, I yes. Think she ran a couple of world champs. Uh, yeah, in the halves and possibly yep. did she run world champs in the marathon or was it mainly the halves? Uh, yes, the marathon. No, in the marathon she ran the marathon okay. in two thousand one and world champ half twice. She won World Cross. I mean, sorry, World Cross. Australian Cross once. Yep. Um, she ran World Cross twice, I think. Yep. Um, just trying to think. Uh, yeah, she did. She, she made a few teams. So she, I, I we used to run a um, uh, a big bike session on a Wednesday on the on the. We had a metronome going and music and stuff, and we'd all sit in the trainers, um, about five or six of us at Monash there, and uh, it was a Wednesday. So afterwards, we'd be a, pretty hungry and and we'd go to pizza Hut and um it was all you can eat night and so and susan was was working there and some of the guys knew susan from running susan at that stage was second year uni um her running had been going backwards for the last couple of years she was probably drinking more than running um and so uh she hadn't at that stage qualified for nationals um i think she had a best of uh from memory 445 at the 1500 at that stage Hadn't run really. I think her 3K was the longest race she'd actually run at that point. Um, and so she came and joined the squad um, and and sort of started swimming with us, riding with us, running with us. Um, and I think just that all that base work really helped her. Um, and then she was able to then to, to, to obviously the speed she had was then able to uh, help her in all the event, events from that on, um, which was which was pretty good. I mean, you know, she did, she did really well, not far from – making Olympics or, or um, yeah, or Commonwealth Games. I mean, she made Worlds, obviously, in a few things, but but not Olympics. Yeah, yeah for sure. Um, yeah. Look, I'll read out some of your PBs just so the listeners get yep. an idea. Of. This is off the um, IAAF profile, mate. They're usually right, but you can correct if not. Uh, 3,000 metres, um, 822 in 2004. We've got the 5,000 metres, yep. 1426 in the year 2000. Uh 1419. 1419, <laughs> there you go. Was that yep. in 2000? That would have been, um, I think it was in 2000. Okay. We'll go uh, yeah, prob- yeah, I think it was in 2000. It was, um, yeah, it must have been in 2000, that one. Okay. Uh, 10,000 metres, 2933 in 04. Yep, uh, that's right. 10K on the road, 3025 in 2001. Ooh, I reckon I run faster, but I'd have to check. Sure. Because I've, I've, def- I've definitely run, well, I've definitely run. 20k in under the hour twice okay. so yep. at least one of those 10ks would count as a 10k pb yeah for sure. <laughs> <laughs> 10K. um half yeah. marathon i've got i've got 6251 in 1999 yep that's right uh you also won i see there up in noosa um the half marathon national titles um yes in 2002 yep. um i imagine was that hot yeah yeah it was it was it was uh it was all right okay. um yeah, yeah. So I, I finished second to um, a guy called Yussi Utrain who won uh, City of Surf. Okay. Um, and there was me, 
Yussi and um, Dean Cavuto was third that day. Okay. Um, so yeah, I think uh, it was it was it was it wasn't too bad. I mean, I I didn't mind. Uh, I don't. I never minded sort of twenty odd degrees. Um, okay. It was always when it was thirty something that it was always a bit tougher. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, and uh, looks like your PB was down there in in Melbourne, the two fourteen flat in 03. Yeah, yeah. Um, still so, the largest winning margin today. You won that by eleven minutes and seven seconds. Yes. So, so at the at the uh, Collingwood Club rooms, it it shows up as two thirteen fifty nine point eight seven. But oh, I'll take that you know, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be, become a two thirteen <laughs> man <laughs> instead of a two fourteen man. <laughs> um, and it's a great photo of me, sort of uh, with my with my arms out going to the finish line. I always wish I'd uh, I'd realised that was going to be the, my PB and. Uh, and try to find a couple of seconds. I just never even thought that it was going to be that day. No, so, that's uh, right. No, it's a good photo. I'm actually going to use that one on the podcast. Yeah, it's, it's a great photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and you, and you were flying that day. Um, I read somewhere when I was doing my research for this that um, I think you had Japan coming up in a couple of months, and maybe it was Susan that said, you know, just don't want you going under 220, but you got out there and just felt like you had felt fantastic, so you just went for it. Is that right? Well, yeah, yeah. The whole the whole time my, my head was, no, don't break 220, don't break 220. And... So I'd um, I went out I think the first five k um, sixteen sixteen twenty ish um, I ran with a guy called um, oh hang on what's his name from Glen Huntley um, oh geez I can't think of his name now I think of his face um, oh I'll think of it later but I ran with him for the first five k and then um, and then and then dropped him at about five k. And then ran the second five, I think, in about 15.50, and then third five in uh, like 15.20, and then I was like 15.05, I think, for the fourth five, and I was just feeling really good. And, I, and, I, and, I, and it was funny because I wasn't meaning to run that quick. Um, it's just I felt great. Um, and then I sort of stopped looking at the watch for a while, and it was only the last 2K when um, I ran the last 2K of my quickest 2K for the day. I ran the last 2K in um, something like, uh, what was it? Um, six. I think it was six twenty. No, sorry, last two point two k. So uh, six twenty seven, I think. Okay. So some two fifty fifty fives, I think, for the last two two k there. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was my my two, two quickest k's today. But yeah, the whole day I was trying to hold back, but um, yeah, it just felt really good. Yeah, yeah, awesome. And you've run some pretty quick ones overseas. I've got two sixteen thirty two in Japan in in ninety nine. Yep. Uh, two seventeen in Korea in two thousand and one. Two eighteen forty two in Hamburg in 04. Yep, I got I, I did uh, Beijing in two sixteen something as well. Yep, I did. Um, I'm trying to think of other ones I had. Um, yeah, there was a number of two sixteens, two seventeens. Yep. Um, there's a two eighteen Melbourne Marathon where I got second to Greg Lyons. Yep. As well. Yep. Um, just trying to think. You won Gold Coast one year. What what time was that? Can you remember? Uh, no, that was a slow one. Um, that was a really windy day that day. Okay. Um, and and it was it was so it was the it was probably the next marathon I ran after Canberra, um, and I was standing on the start line. It was funny because I I'd been picked for the Victorian team, but I hadn't been seated. Um, so I I went to the expo the day before, and I was talk, I was picking up my stuff, and the girl says to me, "Are you in the Victorian team?" And and then um, yeah, I said, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." So she 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 sort of spent her time organising a, a seated spot for me, um, which was fantastic. So I, I got a front line spot all of a sudden. I was meant to be starting further bit bit further back. Um, and um, the gun went, and I was expecting it to be a bit like Canberra, um, the Canberra marathon that I'd done the year bef- 
four, I think, or maybe six months before, um, where they were trying to qualify for the Worlds and they had a couple of paces that went really quick and we all sort of sat in. Um, but, um, I, yeah, I, I ran the first K and looked around and thought, hang on, no one's with me. Um, and um, I thought, oh, that's all right. And we were sort of into a headwind, so everyone was sort of duck, tucking in behind each other. Um, I got to the turnaround, couldn't see anyone behind me. I turned around and there was a, a little group of two or three. I said, where are the others? And he said, oh, I don't know. And I thought, well, I'm not going to hang out here until, until they catch me. So I, I put the foot down between um, 11 and 32 because I had the tailwind for that section um, and put in a nice big sort of probably four, four or five-minute lead. Um, turned around and I thought, you beauty. Um, saw Michael McIntyre coming. And Michael ran the last 10K in about 30-50. Um, and finished about a minute and a half behind me. He couldn't, he couldn't, he couldn't catch up. So that was, uh, that was a good day, I guess. Yeah, for sure. And I think we, we sort of brushed over too quickly. We go back to 2000 when you said you wanted to qualify for the Olympics. Yep. Um, yeah, just quickly, how did that campaign go? Okay, so uh, the year I went to, so, I, uh, so 99, um, I'm trying to qualify for the world champs in 99 because I figured, um, you know, the Olympic qualifying times are always pretty tough. Um if, if I, I figured if I could get into the world champ team in 99, because um, part of the criteria is also if you can finish top 25, I think it is at Worlds, top 15 at Worlds, I can't remember what it is now. Um, and I, I figured I had a better chance to do that. So in 99, I was trying to qualify for the world championships, but I can't remember now where they were. Um, Atlanta? Oh, no, no, I don't remember. Um, anyway, um, so we, we went to uh, Lake Biwa. Uh, Kim Gillard, myself, and Rod DeHyden. Um and I was on target. I was on target to to um, to run sort of two fourteen, but fell off uh, about yeah eight eight ten k to go, and and missed the qualifying time for the world champs by twenty seconds, did like a two sixteen thirty two sixteen twenty something like that. Um, and um, so then I tried to work out well, what I'm going to do. I try and make this Olympic team. Um, uh, Athletics Australia were really happy with my run. They didn't pick me for the World Championships, but they, they asked me if I wanted to go to Beijing and run there. I thought, well, great. You know, I don't have to pay for the trip. I'll go to Beijing, try and qualify there. Um, went to Beijing. Um, it, was a, it was a funny old, old race. There was paces there, but they weren't going super quick. Um, and so uh, the first half, we had a big pack of maybe 30 guys go through halfway in about 66, I think. Um, and then... This uh, Japanese guy ran the next 10K in 29 minutes and just blew everyone away. Um, and I, again, I ran a 2.16. <laughs> so I think I finished about seventh or eighth there. I had a good run, um, but again, no qualifying time. Um, I came back and thought, well, all right, I've run two good races. Um, they haven't been good enough to, to get me a qualify for the Olympics. Um, a cup weekend, um, there, there'd been an email to most of the guys that could qualify to say, you know, if you guys want to see the, the Olympic course, we've got it ready. This is from Dave Cundy. You know, there's a, there's a guy that can show you in Sydney. You go there and, and, you know, you can go over the course and have a look at it. And I thought, right, um, I told, I said to Susan, let's get up to Sydney a couple weekend. Um, let's go look at the course and let's decide what to do next. Um, so I went there. Um, I looked at the course and thought, you know, it's a tough course. Um, it's not fast. But at that stage, Monteghetti was meant to run, or was 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 scheduled to run the Olympic trial, and I figured that if Monas runs, the the winner will probably break break two fourteen in the trial, um, and 
this year is even if I had a qualifying time, I still needed to go to that trial and I still needed to beat everyone. So um, at that point, I decided that you know what, let's just let's just focus on the Olympic trial. Try and try and get there in the best shape you can, and try and run that in a sub two fourteen. Mm. Um, so that was um, that was in uh, what would that be uh, November, early November, when the Olympic trial was I think early April. So six months later, um, preparation went really well. I was running really well. Um, about five weeks out, uh, a few of the guys that were trying out for the Olympic trial were, were racing a half marathon in um, uh, in Bendigo. What was it called? Uh, Eagle Hawk, Eagle Hawk half in Bendigo. Um, I kind of I trained the day before, did some K's with the guys in Caulfield, uh, went surfing with some friends all day. Um, I really just wanted to have a hit out, so I wasn't too concerned. Um, had about three or four hours sleep because I slept at my sister-in-law. It was Robbo's older sister's place in Balan and then drove to to, to Bendigo. Um, turned up there and um, and Rod the Hyden said to me before the start of the race, he said, I don't want any passengers today. I said, that's fine with me. So uh, we ran the first couple of Ks. I think we ran the first K in about 3.04 and then we did a 2.58 and then a 2.52 um, and by that stage, it was just the two of us. Um, but it was a, it was a kind of a difficult course because it was a that one in in, in Eagle Hawk had a, a, like about a, a kilometer or maybe a mile uh, hill every lap. Um, and I ran I ran a 64.10 on what I reckon is probably the hardest half marathon course I've ever run, and probably pretty close to the best I've ever run. Um, I'd, I'd be surprised if anyone goes and breaks that record in Eagle Hawk. Um, it's, it's, yeah, I reckon it's, it's one of my better runs. Um, so that was sort of five, six weeks out from the Olympic trial. Um, Olympic trial comes along and, um, uh, we flew, we all sort of flew up on similar flights. Uh, I think we did a, another, another, uh, there's probably about 20 or 30 of us in this bus, um, guys that had A and B qualifiers and, and guys that were pretty close. Um, and we, we drove over the course again, Miners and Troopy and DeHyden and Quilty and everyone, Everyone was in the in the car. I think Pat Carroll was there. Um, and at that stage, there was meant to be some paces. So they, they, they'd organised some guys to pace. I think um, – no, I, I don't remember who it was. Um, There's a couple of guys there that were, were, were meant to be pacing. Um, anyway, on the, the Saturday, I think Monas comes up to me. Um, this is obviously the day before the race. Um, we've handled drinks in and he said, oh, They've decided one of the guys, one of the guys with the A qualifiers, has decided that we we don't want paces tomorrow. And at that point, I thought, well, um, he sort of looked me in the eye to see what, what my reaction would be, and I said, well, I hope the other guys can keep up then. And um, and that's kind of I, I said it a bit jokingly, but it, it, it kind of ended up that way anyway because um, uh, the race started and um, there was a couple of guys that had B qualifiers that I thought would all try and run A's. Um, uh, Someone I didn't know ran, led the first K. I led the second K. Sean Quilty ran, led the third K and, and sort of dropped off the pace a little bit because I sort of I'd picked it up because I wanted it three ten or quicker. Um, I think Sean ran a three twenty on the third K and I decided all right I better pick up the pace again. So I went back to the front and then and then picked the pace up and at four at, at K four I looked around and I was about twenty meters in front of the field and I thought well you know that's fine for them I'm I'm not going to be going to the Olympics if I if I run slow. Um, so I, uh, I decided, uh, to, I'll just, just keep the pace going and, and, and run that, try and run that 2.14 pace. Um, 
got to do you know what the park was at the Olympic trial? I can't remember what it what's that big what's that big park in Sydney? Um, um in that Centennial Park or Yeah, I think is it Centennial Park, the big one? Yeah, Centennial, yeah. Yeah, I think it's Centennial. I remember going through Centennial Park and some guy said to me you were a couple minutes in front and I thought he was joking. Um <laughs> and I went out and then out to the turnaround and then came back and, and he was pretty much right. I was a couple of minutes in front. Um I'd I'd gone over the course before the trial. And um, I decided that at 35K, I needed to be under an hour 51. I don't know if that's a foolish or or, or whatever, but I, I just figured that last 7.2K, it's still pretty hilly. I didn't believe that I could run it in any better than 23 minutes. Um, so in my head, I always had that 151 in my head. And I had a couple of splits before that as well. I had the 30K split and the, and the 20K split um, that I, I felt like I needed to hit. Um to be able to to be able to make the time, and um, I remember being 25k. I was, I was a couple of minutes under. That was great. Then we went over Anzac Bridge, which is a it's an enormous bridge, mm. Um, mm. especially the way we run it because we ran we ran down the off ramp and then up up the things. So that made it really steep and long. It was probably a couple of k long, um, and I lost I lost a fair bit of that couple of minutes that I had over Anzac Bridge. Um, I was still under, but not by much. Um, so I came off Anzac Bridge and I'd lost a bit of time. I was still a fair bit in front, but, you know, that it was, it was all right. So the other end of Anzac Bridge is 30K and I was still a little bit under. But at 35K, I remember looking at the clock and the clock said 151.37. Mm. And and my heart just sank. At that point, I just thought to myself, yeah, I'm winning this race, but I'm not going to the Olympics. Um, and I remember some kids on the side of the road about – maybe 500 metres later going, go, go, you're running into the Olympic, you know, you're running into the Olympic team. And I just, I felt like saying, no, mate, I'm not going to be there. I'm, mm. I'm going to miss it. I'm, I'm not going to make the time. I, I can't run from here to the finish line. I can't run that quick to make it. Um, and so that last 7K was probably, was one of the hardest 7Ks, just knowing that I couldn't make it, um, make the time, um, but I was leading the race. Um, so that was pretty tough. So, and then, um you know, a, a bit later, I, I'm sort of coming off the freeway on the into Homebush, and I see the security guard there, and I said to him, because obviously it's nice to win anyway, and I said to him, is anyone else coming? And he goes, no, you're, you're right, mate. And I thought, oh, you beauty, just enjoy this last couple of K. I, I start climbing, and I, and I can see the clock says I, I've got to, you know, I've got to run the last 2.2 in five five minutes and 10 seconds or something, which is never going to happen. Um, and there's a sort of whole heap of people sort of following me on bikes and stuff, and, I, and I, yeah, the stadium's in, the, in front of me, and I turn left. And the guy on the bike says, you better go. He's coming now. And we've got a K to go. And I look back and Rod is steaming. And he's about 20 metres behind me. And he is absolutely flying. Um, and I thought, oh, geez, <laughs> I wish you'd told me that about, a, you know, 500 metres ago. Um, and so he obviously passes me just after I see him, um, uh, which means I'm second. I'm, I'm running in the stadium thinking, you know, I've just lost a whole heap of money <laughs> coming second because there was a bit of prize money for first. A little bit for second, but it wasn't quite as much as first. Um, and and my thought was, just don't let him else catch her. <laughs> um, so across the line, you know, knowing that Rod had qualified after I'd beaten him in Biwa, he qualified at Fukuoka by a couple of seconds, mm. and he was obviously going to the Olympics at that point, um, and I wasn't. Um, mm. So it was a bit of a, you know, a, a pretty hard moment, especially going to the press conference. You know, you got twenty or thirty uh, reporters. Um, you know, you're sitting there, you're pretty shattered. Um, 
guy next year's obviously in in the team in your night. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it's 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 what sport is, I guess. Mm. Yeah, no, it's a tough one, mate. Um, <laughs> all right, let's. Uh, I know I know you're on a, a short time uh, window here, so let's uh, let's yeah, move over to comrades, mate. Um, you've obviously yeah. got some sort of love affair with comrades. You've done it what 11, 12, 13 times. Is that right? 12 times, yeah, 12, 12 times. times. Yeah, yeah, fantastic. And uh, one of your results is, um, I imagine, would be one of your best results ever uh, when you went sub sub six there. Was it 5.53 you ran? Yeah, yeah, 5.55, yeah. It, it's, 5.55, um, it, it's, yeah, yeah. It, it was an uphill comrades that year. Yep. And I missed the top 10 by, uh, I think it's two minutes. Um, I had um, I had a great race. Um, yep. I was in good shape. I got there. I'd never raced those guys before. I never ra- I've only run one ultra at that point. Um, and the plan was to sort of stick with the leaders. Um, but I don't know if you know comrades at all. Um, you're running into the dark, so it's easy to lose track of everybody. You know, it's it's pretty much like running the city surf straight into the dark because it's it's all built up. It's hyped. You've got music playing. It's just it's just nuts. Um, and so I kind of lost track of the guys around me um, early on in the race, but I knew I knew Don um, Don Wallace had said to me they'll get to Topic Cowies in about an hour. So I get to Cowies, I look at my watch, and it's an hour thirty seconds. And I thought, fantastic, I'm, I'm about where I want to be. I feel good. The leaders, well, the favourites are probably just up ahead of me because um, I'm an hour thirty seconds. So I'll just I'll just I'll just start catching people, and, and you know I'll catch them sooner or later. I start catching people, catching some more people. What I didn't realise was the favourites were actually behind me. Okay. <laughs> they were about twenty seconds behind me, um, and I, ca- I catch uh, I catch the the winner from the year before. Um, uh, what was his name? Um, anyway, the, the winner from from I think two thousand six, two thousand seven, the downhill one. Um, I catch him, and I think, oh, this is good, you know, it's good. And then um, coming into coming down to Drummond, or did, oh, actually no, just after Bothers Hill. Um, some guy on the side of the road says, you're coming sixth. And I went, what? Coming sixth. And I, I realised at that point that I'd gone way too hard. Mm. Um, <laughs> I come into Drummond um, about fourth or fifth. I pass because in Chungas, oh, it's, a, it's a magnificent hill. Nice long climb. Pass a few guys up there. So I'm, I'm about second or third at the top of Inchunga. Um, feeling good, feeling good. And I come into a, a, town, a, a place called Harrison Flats. And if you ever seen the Tour de France, you get the, like your motorbike there, and you get people right up next to you. This is like a little shanty town, mm-hmm. and there is literally 400 kids on the road, and there's a motorbike in front of me, like 30 centimeters in front of me, trying to part the crowd, and these kids are right up in my face, just screaming their heads off, mm. and it's just it's probably my favorite running moment ever. It's okay. um. It's just, it's, it, you know, you, you win races and you, people are cheering and you hear your name, whatever. At that point in time when these kids were, you know, 30 centimetres from my face, just going nuts, was, um, is nothing like it in the world. Um, and yeah, it, it's, it's, um, it's a race that, yeah, if you, if you ever get a chance to do it, I definitely, I, you definitely have to go. Um, it's just an amazing race. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, that race, obviously, I, I, leave, I leave Harrison Flats realizing I've still got 40k to go. <laughs> um, the hairs on the back of my neck. So I'm thinking, oh god, I've still got 40k to go. Um, you know, I'm, I'm running pretty well. Um, I lost a couple of places, not too many. I get to about, uh, I can see, I can see Nick Bester up ahead at about 25k to go, and I think to myself, you know, I'm feeling a little ordinary. All I need is one walk, and I'll be good to go. So, I, um, 
I see Nick. I grab the water bottle and I start walking. And Nick goes, you right? Yeah, I'm good, I'm good. And at that point, I got a, a pack of 20 comes past me. <laughs> um, so I've gone from like 7th to 27th. Um, I, I finish my drink. I throw it on the ground. And then for the rest of the race, I'm just picking guys off the back of that pack mm. all the way home um, from there to the finish line. Um, and then obviously just missed the top 10. Um, but it's um, – yeah, it, yeah, for sure, it's definitely – Definitely the be- one of the best runs I've ever run. Um, it's up there, you know, of my probably uh, in my top four, I would say, or top five, definitely. Um, it, you know, that Melbourne Marathon, that one that I did at Eagle Hawk, um, there, the three that I can think of right now that, that you know, that definitely stand out. Um, there's a, there was a club run I did uh, at Q Boulevard um, where I ran um, sub threes for 11.2K. Um, I don't know if you know Q Boulevard at all. I do. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a, they do a seven mile race as part of a club champs, um, and it was a handicap race. So I was sort of starting at the back of the field, um, caught most of the field. I finished eighth and broke the course record by by two minutes. But uh, <laughs> the handicapper had me. Um, but yeah, no, I, I that's probably one of the other ones that are up there. They're, they're probably um, yeah, yeah. Um, and I my half marathon. They're they're probably my five best runs. So yeah, that that comrades run is definitely definitely up there. I don't know which one's which one's the best. It's hard sure. to know. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, for yeah. sure. And now, um, obviously, you've done a few ups and downs. Which one would you prefer, going up or going down? And, and which one do you think is harder on the body? Oh, hard on the body is definitely downhill. Yeah, yeah. But downhill. If you've ever run Sydney Surf, um, that run into Bondi, um, you probably get you probably get. 20 25k of that in the last 30k 35k mm. um so that really destroys you um the uphill is a real grind um but you know they're both fantastic like the the greatest thing about the downhill is you're running towards a, a major city you know a major city of 10 million people you know you get you get in the last 15 20k they you know they're 10 deep you know mm. um Oh, except there were bits on the freeway, I guess. Um, you know, um, um, so that's kind of that's kind of pretty cool. Um, you mustn't walk for a week after running thirty k downhill at the end of. No, no. <laughs> you, you can tell you can tell if someone's on an uphill or a downhill, comrades. Yeah, <laughs> There's sure. a big difference in the way you walk. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, no, and it is, it is, it is a, it's, yeah, it's a magnificent race for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Awesome. Yep. 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 Mate, I'll, I'll finish up with some closing questions. I know uh, you've got to get yep. going. Uh, first up, um, if you um, were to go back when you first started sort of gaining momentum as, a, as an athlete, I'll say athlete because, you know, you do triathlons as well. Um, yep. Is there, um, is there anything that you'd sort of do differently with the hindsight that you sort of now have after mm. you know, such a long career? Like, is there anything that you think you, you should have done differently or, or, or would do differently knowing now? Yeah, I, I don't think – I didn't race smart. Mm. Um, I, I was pretty predictable for the other guys. Um, I generally, um, it, it's funny cause like, you know, world champs 2001, I'm, I'm lining up the world, the world record holders on my inside and I get nudged and I touch the track, you know, like, um, and I didn't even think about it till later. Like I was, I was happy to, to race anyone. And, um, there was times when I shouldn't have been racing the clock so much. There was times when I should have just sat back, watched what the other guys are doing, um, um, yeah, and, and raced differently. I think I just I, I became pretty predictable for people, 
Um, they kind of knew that, you know, they knew what shape I was in. They knew what they needed to do to beat me. Um, but, you know, oh, I don't know. Maybe maybe I wouldn't have run as well. I don't know. Mm. Um, mm. It, it's hard to know. Um, yeah. What, what else would I have done differently? Um, what about in training? You were pretty happy with the load and the intensity and, and um, all that? yeah, the load, the, yeah, yeah, the training, the training I was pretty happy with. Yeah. What I did in training, I, you know, I look back and and um, you know, I, I got myself in really good shape. Mm. Um, you know, there's times there, you know, where 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 things I, I just I can't I can't understand how I could have done some of the things I did. Mm. Um, like I like <laughs> I re- I'll to give you an example. I once I once did a session around the ten where I ran um, five laps in under the hour, um, and I can't run one in under 12 now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> in yeah. fact, I can't run one in under 13. Yeah. Um, and and I, ran, I ran five, basically. <laughs> yeah. Did you um, have a coach back then or you were on no, your own just, program? No, it was yep. just me, but pretty much. Maybe, maybe I needed a coach. That might have been good. Mm. Um, but, you know, and then it was, yeah, there was other times where, yeah, like, no, I was pretty happy with the training I did, I reckon. Um, it probably wasn't the training. It was probably more the way I raced. Um, maybe I could have gone easier at times. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to know. Um, you know, you kind of lay it on the line and you hope for the best. Mm. Um, there was there was plenty of people that were better runners than me that that didn't do didn't do that well. You know, so you know I can't really can't really complain. Yep. Well, better than me at a younger age, definitely. Sure. You know, probably as a nineteen year old, there was plenty of guys that were much quicker than I was. Um. So yeah, no, I, I'm, I was pretty happy. I was pretty happy, and I, you know, um, I yeah, no, I don't know. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's been, it's, I was been, yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, I'm yeah, pretty you happy must have been it. doing lots of things right for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I was pretty happy. Cool, yeah. cool. Um, all right, just a couple maybe for for the listeners to take away um, for yeah. some info. Um, what do you feel is the is the number one mistake that most runners sort of make in their in their training or, or, or even their racing? What's something you you see repeatedly people making the same mistake, getting it wrong? Uh, I think it's a mistake nowadays to be on, to be to, to put everything on Strava. Yeah. Um, I just I just I know when we we trained, um, there was there's your recovery runs and your hard runs, and your your long runs, and um, you know you could go running with monitors or whoever, and we wouldn't be going hard, we wouldn't be going fast. No one would even look at what pace we ran. You know, we mm. we were just running for two hours, two and a half hours, whatever it was, um, and 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 you never, you never, you know. And I, and I think it's a mistake. So many guys now, I sit and log things that I think, you know, that's a pretty good session, um, but I think they might have got shocked if we if they'd seen some of the things I'd done back in the day. Like there was one day where I where Rod and I, Rod the Hyden and I did us. We used to do a, a twenty mile from his house. We used to run out. And turn around, and it was on. Like we would run an an, um, an uh, like a hilly course home, and plenty of times we'd be averaging three oh one, three oh two. There'd be bits where it was really quick, and you know that was just a Thursday run. Mm. Um, and so you know, I see these guys post, you know, whatever, and and people judging them on you know their their easy long run or their their recovery run, and and really, I wish. You know, almost feel like saying make that private and just show them your main sessions. You know, um, because really, you know how quick you did your recovery run doesn't equate to how fast you're going to race. Mm. Um, I mean, I remember the day I did that fourteen nineteen. I was there with my biggest ever training week. Um, 
I was warming up and everybody was passing me. Like, like there was 40 guys in this field and all these guys were lapping me in the warm up. And I was thinking to myself, "Geez, I'm tired. I, I just want to get, I just want to get the qualifying for the team, you know, just, you know, and, and I started at the back of the field and I was sort of running around and it, and three K into it, I started to go, you know what? I'm not running that slow here. Yeah? Um, and all these guys that had been lapping me in the warm up, I was lapping them in the race. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was, you know, it was kind of interesting that, you know, none of that sort of really matters. It's, it's your key sessions that you really got to look at. Um, and even then, you know, you, sometimes it's better not to show them to people because sometimes, you know, they'll, they'll get the wrong idea of where you're at and stuff. Um, so, like, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I, yeah, I, I would – if it was me, I, I'd try and keep it more uh, – not, not, not have people judge you on the things that aren't that important, I guess. Okay. Yep. That help? <clears throat> yeah, so I don't know. Some that people helps. are just putting yep. basically too much weight on, on the response they're getting from those driver sessions. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, yeah. They're, they're putting and, – and, I mean, realistically, it's not that important. Um, yeah, yep. You know, race day, race day is really all that counts. That's um, um, so I wouldn't be too yeah. – <laughs> yep. I wouldn't be – I wouldn't. Be, I don't think I'd be on there at all. I'm not on there. Yeah, for um, sure. For yeah. Sure. Cool, cool. All right. Um, um, yeah. If you could just um, – pick only one piece of advice or information to give the runners sort of outside of their actual, you know, physical training that will enable them yep. to become an improved runner, what would it be? Okay. The best advice I ever had yep. was the day I ran that 2.14. We were standing in the, the start line at Frankston and Dee Costello was up there on the microphone and he was saying, you know what, it wasn't, it was a, it was an okay day. It wasn't warm, wasn't, you know, anything. And he's saying, you know, today you're going to be running from Frankston to Melbourne. Whatever you do, make sure you enjoy it because if you're not going to enjoy it, you would have been better off staying in bed today. Um, and I remember that day making sure that I enjoyed it and it was the best I ran. And when everyone ever says to me, you know, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, try and stick to whatever plan you've got for your race. But if you can enjoy that race, you will race so much better um, than what you would, you know. Um, it just takes all the stress off you because at the end of the day, you know, there's always another race. There's always – you know, there's always another day. Um, you know, um, but yeah, if you can if you can enjoy your running, you will run better for sure. Yeah, for sure. I guess it gets you, you know, in a bit more of a relaxed state. Um, yep. Yeah, yeah, because you tend to get very anxious during a race. So yeah, you're always telling yep. yourself to relax. So I guess it's a bit of a bit of an art you probably have to um to improve yeah, on. You have to work yeah, on yeah, and, and sure. yeah, and that also all that energy you're using being stressed out beforehand doesn't yep. help you. Mm, do the do the uh. Kipchoge smile, I reckon. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. All right, mate. Look, um, one last thing before we finish up. What What do you got planned for the next twelve months as far as as far as you're running? Oh, oh, I don't know. Um, you must have some uh, some next very good goal. Question. Um, I mean, you've ticked a lot of boxes. There must be something there. Uh, there must be something I want to do. Um, so I'm just trying to work out my next um, because yeah, I've I've done most of the things I've wanted to do. I mean, there's. There's plenty of things I've missed out on, but you know, um, I, can't, I don't think I can actually go back and do them now. Um, I'm too sure. slow. <laughs> um, what do I want to do in the next 12 months? Um, oh no, I don't know yet. I, I, I will come up with something. Okay. Are you, heading, are you going to head back to comrades? Um, don't know. Maybe my my okay. brother's dead keen. He yep. finished last year, loved it. Um, so uh, possibly if he goes, I'll go with him. Yep. Um, but yeah, so so maybe if I, if I don't go this year again, I'll, we'll go, you know, go one of the next couple of years, I guess, with him. Um, 
what else would be great? Um, what about triathlons? Ever think about doing an Ironman or half Ironman again? Or ah, uh, ooh, Ironman takes a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> um, I yeah, possibly. Yeah, possibly. Um, I mean, I find a half Ironman is a great, or even an Ironman is a great way to get rid of ready for comrades. Mm. Um, just gives me in great shape, and um, and you know you're not not putting as much stress on all the all the all the um, joints and everything it would in, in running. So yeah, so maybe possibly possibly that that would be good. Yeah. So um, yeah, I, I um, I'll think of something, but I haven't planned anything yet. No worries, mate. We'll we'll watch no this space, mate. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Right. Thank well, you so much for your time today, mate. No, hopefully everyone enjoyed it. No, All right, thank fantastic. you. Thank you, mate. See ya. Bye, mate.